Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. The topic of today is when perfectionism becomes paralysis. You're listening to Empowering the Communicator, where solutions to unique communication challenges are discovered, connecting you to your audience with influence and impact. With your host, Anthony Vincent Bova, leading communication pain point and solution specialist. So when does perfectionism become paralysis? Well, the answer is when the perfectionist in you is so out of whack, it is so strong that it basically controls you from being free, open, expressive, and your ability to to relate, your ability to communicate because you're so busy trying to be perfect. Now, your perfectionist, that side of you is, depending on your job, could be incredibly important. I want to talk about one of my clients. His name is, for the sake of the podcast, we're going to call him Rod, R-O-D. Rod's an engineer. Uh, and his line of work, being a perfectionist, is incredibly important. So I'm not suggesting that we should not in any way uh hold high standards in the trade of our work when the perfectionist in us needs to be strong. What I am saying, though, is that as it relates to communication, it could be restricting. Now, in the work that we do, I want to talk about relationships. In another podcast, I'm going to make it exclusively about relationships. In this one, I'm just going to touch on it because I want to get to Rod. In the Work at Edge work, we focus on, it's really seven primary areas of relationships. One is, what's the relationship to yourself? What's your relationship to your subject? Relationship to your audience? Relationship to your team, your company? Relationship to your environment? What's your relationship to the logistics, which I call, you know, anything from visuals to the podium, the mic, anything that is extraneous, a prop, what is your uh, what is your relationship to that? And what's your relationship to your attire? Based on your comfort. Now, notice I'm using the word comfort. Are you comfortable with yourself? Are you comfortable regarding your, your subject? Are you comfortable with your audience? Are you comfortable with your team? Are you comfortable related to your environment? Are you comfortable with the logistics, with the, whether they be technical, the mic, the visuals, the PowerPoint, the podium? Are you comfortable in your attire? Are you comfortable in what you're wearing? And these areas, when you're comfortable in these areas, you're usually, water seeks its own level and everything else. It's usually okay. When you're not comfortable in these areas, it's difficult. Why? Because if you're not comfortable with yourself, how could you expect your audience to be comfortable with you? How could you expect your audience to be comfortable with the subject you're speaking about if you're not comfortable with that either? And we can go down the list of the other areas. Now, back to Rod. I started working with Rod and I noticed that he, his perfectionist was so strong And when your perfectionist is so strong, it's yes, it does, uh, you have high, high, high standards. That unto itself is very good, right? But with Rod, it was different. He was so punishing of himself when he wasn't, in quotes, 
perfect. Um, and I do quotes because what's perfect when you're communicating, right? There's no such thing. And he was not only so uh, punishing of himself, his critic came out viciously, right? But also what he, his fear of how he was perceived for not being perfect. I'm going to be seen like this idiot, like I don't know anything. Meanwhile, this guy is, you know, at the top of his game and he's self-critic and his concern about perception of how he was being perceived was very imbalanced. It did not help him at all. I'm going to give you a quote here from the American Journal of Psychotherapy. Frost and colleagues, 1990, suggest perfectionism is composed of six semi-independent elements, including, now I'm thinking a rod right now, okay? One, setting high standards for performance. Check. Two, having negative reactions to projected punishments for errors. Big check. Three, having feelings of inferiority when anticipating an error. Huge check. Four, negatively perceiving parents' critiques of any flaws. <laughs> With Rod, it was not only his parents, but it went on to his colleagues and his uh, superiors and so on. It was hard to give him feedback because any kind of feedback, if it wasn't exactly what he was doing, it was he was perceiving it as controversial almost, you know. It was hard to get in there. So that's a big check. Five, doubting one's performance. Well, that's how he came to me and found me because he was continually doubting his own performance. Six, being overly concerned with organization and order. This identified Rod. This was Rod. And when he came to me, what was really, uh, there, there's a little humor in here. If, if you could kind of chuckle at some of this, he came to me with a problem that affected almost all of these, almost all the six, I think four or five out of the six. He came to me because he was starting a transition to another firm, another company, and he knew that his soft skills, his communication needed to be elevated in order for him to be productive on this new team in this new company. So we were working a bit and then, you know, he he started this job and with within, I don't know, a month or so, I get this email and in this email, he asks if we could speak ASAP. Later that day, we talk and I learned that he has to give a presentation in about a month or so and it's completely, it's completely unraveling, Rod. He's, he's out of it. And I'm like, Why? And let's go back to the relationships. Number one, his relationship to himself. He was not feeling confident. He was just trying to get his footing. He's in the company about a month. He's not feeling good with himself yet because he's a perfectionist. He can't just casually walk into a new environment and be okay. He has to be perfect going in, right? Two, his relationship to the subject. Now, he's a master at what he does, but in the specificity of this new company, of this new project, of this new product, there was still a lot for him to learn. He did not, it, he did not feel like he was in, that this subject was in his wheelhouse yet. Three, his relationship to the audience. He was completely unnerved that he was telling me, I'm not ready for people to see me give a presentation on this yet. It's going to take months and months before I'm even steeped 
in this topic. What well, would I have to talk in? So that was bothering him. His relationship to his team. <laughs> he was like, I don't know who my team really is yet. We haven't, we've just been working. I haven't, they've said they're nice. So he had no connection to his team. Relationship to the environment. I'm laughing because it's almost like a comedy show, a comedy of errors. What can go wrong kind of thing. He was, he was a complete fish out of water in this situation. So his environment, they had to give this at, I think, the conference hall within the complex, but he was never in this conference hall. So that unto itself was bothering him. And the logistics wasn't a big deal because it was just, it was just a few slides just for a visual reference point. So that, that didn't freak him out. And his attire was, he was insecure to begin with, so that was always messing with him. Kind of the, the guy always fixing his tie kind of thing. So that's what he was jumbling around with. And so it, it was starting to work. And I got to tell you, when you handed that kind of thing, that's, it's a pretty big mess, right? So do you try to fix it one by one by one by one? I guess you could, but I chose not to do that. And I always qualify the fact, you know, what I chose to do is not the right way because there's no one way of doing anything, but it's the way, it's what my intuition, my instincts, and also my education, you know, said to do when you have something like this. So, but what I did do is that I focused on one thing, primarily, primarily one thing, and I touched on a few others. The primary thing is how do we lower his need to be so perfect. If Rod did not have the need to be so perfect, a lot of these things will just find themselves organically and authentically and naturally. That was the everything. And he was getting, I don't want to say bored with the training, but he was itching. He wanted to do more than what we were going. And I'm like, no, we're going to do disobligation workouts one after another after another. And these different, these disobligation workouts are structured to basically disobligate you from being perceived in the perfect light to, uh, and to be perfect. And, you know, when you can disobligate yourself from being so perfect, something else happens. You're actually free. You're free to be with the capital B, B-E. And when you're free to be, then you know what? Everything else really does find its place pretty well. So over the next month, we went into more intensive training. We kind of doubled up on the sessions and we started to work in a way that got him to the point where his standards of what he was doing as an engineer stayed extremely high. That was not compromised. You can't casually be an engineer and do your work when precision and science and, you know, and math and it's, it's everything you can't, right? So that stayed at a very high level. However, we worked on his critic, that self punishing voice of his, as well as his perfectionist. They work hand in hand. They work hand in hand. How? Because if you have a need to be perfect, that's one thing that's driving you. But when you're not, you beat the heck out of yourself, right? You punish yourself for not being perfect. But then it's a domino effect. Your self-esteem gets lower and so on. The disobligation workout, it's a staple standard 
workout that we do. And you start off by acknowledging the truth of really what's holding you hostage. Uh, the truth is I feel extremely obligated to be perfect, to be seen in this incredibly bright, brilliant light to every single member in the audience, to my team, my colleagues, blah, 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 blah. This is, you got to start off with that truth. Once you could start off with that truth, you can then deal with the truth. You can address the truth. So once he got that out, he was like, wow, I didn't realize how strong my perfectionist was. And then after that, we started slowly going through exercises that said, that go like this. All right, Rod, I want you to start by telling me, Anthony, you know, I don't care what you think about me. I, you know, I just, I don't care. And he was like, what? Uh, yeah, let's just start. He said it and he goes, that's not natural. That's not organic. That's not authentic. You're teaching authenticity. That's not authentic. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. It's just an exercise right now. Say it again and again. And he did it. And he was doing it for maybe 10 minutes, which that one exercise is a nice amount of time saying it over and over. Anthony, I don't care what you think about me. Anthony, I really don't care what you think about me. Finally, something started to happen with Rod. He started to relax. He started to get into his skin. His um, voice modulated downward into a more supported place. He wasn't as tense. He actually started to buy it. And once I saw that happening, then I said, okay, now let's bring it into other areas. Who do you feel criticized by? And he mentioned the people, you know, because I feel that one of my colleagues is very critical of me, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, let's work towards your colleague now. They're not here, so you could say it. Come on. He started to say it. Anyway, this is one of the many, many, many exercises. Other exercises were assignment workouts where he had to go out uh, on the field and he had to I, uh, give certain talks about certain things, little things, even at lunchtime in areas that he normally would not speak up on. Things like this got him uncomfortable and uncomfortable. But the problem about being on, about staying comfortable is that it always keeps you handicapped. You have to live in a new place in order to address these issues. So he started to do these exercises and these tasks throughout the week. And before you knew it, he was starting to relax. He was starting, starting to be a bit more comfortable in his skin. One of the biggest challenges in communication, especially in corporate, is the need to be seen in a much brighter and wonderful light than how you believe you are. In, in other words, this is not based on your talent. It's not based on status. It's not based on anything. But if you believe you're really not that talented or you're not as good or worthy in some way, shape or form, many times there's an overcompensation in the hopes and prayers that people don't see that, right? You want them to see you in a much better light than that, right? And you don't want to be seen as stupid, ill-equipped and so on. So right there, if you can address that one thing, it takes care of a lot of problems. It takes care of a lot of communication problems because you could make an argument that most issues go to that point. So with Rod, that's what we were working with. Now, let me tell you what happened. Through these exercises and through doing these exercises and over and over and challenging them on the field, 
he got to a place in which he was disobligated to be perfect in his communications, not in the craft of his work. So what does that mean? His relationship to himself, he became more comfortable. And you're going to hear me emphasize the word comfortable a lot. Why? Rod was not comfortable. And just to get him to a place of being comfortable allowed him to be free and open and expressive and more dynamic. You can't be free, open, expressive, and dynamic if you're not even comfortable with yourself, if you're busy fighting yourself. His relationship to his subject became more comfortable. His relationship to his audience became more comfortable. They were no longer the enemies that were going to critique him with this harsh thoughts that he had in his mind of what the audience was going to say about him. That allowed him to actually connect to his audience. His relationship to his team. The reason why he didn't connect to his team yet. Yes, he was there new and all of that. But when you're so busy trying to be perfect, it's hard to connect. It's a very self-centered thing. Me, me, me. I got to be perfect. I got to be perfect. You got to connect. And this allowed him to connect. He was then about his environment. He was more relaxed in his environment. Although it was still a little on edge because it was a new place for him. His logistics was never really a problem, so I won't go there. And he was, but he was more comfortable than he normally would be in his attire, in his skin. It comes down because, think about it. When you're very insecure with yourself and you have a need to impress everyone, how do you dress? Think about that for a moment. What are you putting on? What are you looking at in your closet? When you're like, I got to nail this. It has to be a 10. Anything less than a 10 is a failure today. I have to bat 1000 today. When you have that thing going on, when that voice is going on and you're looking in your closet, do you even have anything in your closet that could take care of that? That's a pretty high demand, isn't it? But think about what you're gravitating towards or think about the store you're going to to purchase something to fit that bill. Now, keep the same performance, the same presentation, the same thing in mind. Except now, I want you to think about, you feel good about yourself. You feel comfortable with yourself. You're okay with yourself. When I mean you're okay, what does that mean? It means your sense of self-acceptance is high. You could breathe. You're not fearful of silence. You're not fearful of having eyes on you. So now think about what you're picking in your wardrobe in your closet now. Think about if you're going to the store to purchase something, which store you're purchasing something at and what that is. I bet you they're different than the first one. Quite different, right? This is what happened with Rod. This was his journey. The presentation came and went. And guess what? Rod was just fine. He wasn't the superstar. He wasn't, he didn't, it wasn't like, you know, there were everyone in the audience was running after him, wanting his card and wanting to set up a meeting. But he got a lot of good handshakes and healthy relationships started from that day. And I say healthy relationships. Why? Because he was able to show the audience him 
how he worked on lowering his perfectionist that got in the way that was paralysis that got in the way of him and his audience him and himself him and the subject nice lesson nice journey congratulations to rod and thank you for tuning in today i hope you left with a few fun nuggets to think about And if this did anything for you today, you're leaving with more questions than answers. Remember, if you have a rod in you, I want you to think about this for a moment. What could you do to loosen yourself up? What could you do? How could you challenge yourself to have a lower need to communicate perfectly? Because once you could find that, that's where your freedom will start. It's hard, so hard to be, you know, dynamic and rule the room is that you know I, I'm, I'm getting powerful um, giving you these really powerful headings that you see a lot you know master your subject and mesmerize your audience and lead your team to new heights you know what I'm saying how do you do all that if you have such a need to be perfect where you're perfect is where the humanity is missing last thing I personally do not trust perfect. I don't. Perfection is under the polished speaker. It's not the polish itself. It's the humanity of the individual that comes out that allows you to trust them. People don't trust perfect. They trust the human being. And this is critical in all of our communication Thank you very much. I hope this was insightful, and I look forward to the next time we speak. Until then, this is Anthony Vincent Bova. Have a great day. You've just listened to Empowering the Communicator, hosted by Anthony Vincent Bova. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, please like and subscribe to this channel on your preferred podcast platform. And to know more about Anthony and his coaching, please visit edgeworksoftskills.com.